Sharon Kitzman, president of Dominion DMS. And today we're talking to Steve, who's the CEO of DriveCentric. Spoiler alert, he doesn't really know what a muscle car is. Well, welcome everybody. Um, this is our first uh, Dominion DMS video log, and we're thrilled today to be joined by Steve, who has a unique title that I'm going to have him explain in a minute from DriveCentric. So, Steve, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your business? Yeah, you know what? Um, well, the chief evangelist officer is my official title, uh, which means I'm the cheerleader for the company. And that's really what it is. And uh, I'll give Carrie Weiss a lot of credit, you know, uh, if you know Carrie Weiss over the years. Um, I met her in Denver, Colorado, and uh, I was always uh, um, admiring the way she went out there and got up and spoke uh, for her company. Uh, true car back in the day and that was what i always wanted to do with drive centric so as we continue to grow that's kind of what i'm doing i'm doing a lot of speaking engagements or panel discussions like this so this is what i'm aspiring to do and so i'm living my dream finally like carrie weiss did so um but no my name is steve Russell. been in the auto industry eight years um i'm a crm engagement nut i don't know how else to really say it other than that but uh UCRM my entire career. I've been in uh, two other industries, medical and uh, engineering, and I would never take a job without a CRM. And so when I had the opportunity to come on board and be an owner of Drive Centric and, you know, provide and sell a CRM in automotive, it was like a no brainer. That's excellent. Um, I'll come back to that medical industry, uh, maybe a little bit later on, but, um, you know, there's a lot of CRM providers in, in our business, as I'm sure are in a lot of other verticals. What sets DriveCentric apart from the others in the eyes of your dealers? Yeah, you know, the way we're going out, it, uh, you know, informing dealers, you know, CRM, if we go out there and just kind of think what a CRM really is today, um, it's more known as a database management tool. Um, they're going out there, they're hunting deals. It's a mining tool. Um, and we've kind of changed the way we go out there and present it. Um, I, I know this is going to sound crazy, but we really don't look at these other CRMs as competitor. Um, we're more of an engagement platform. And that's probably what sets us apart from all these other CRMs that were built over 20 years ago. I mean, I always say as a, I mean, you'll get a kick out of this. If I ask you, are you know, is a is a Nokia phone a competitor to an iPhone? What would you say to that? Probably not. Probably <laughs> not. That's the way we feel. I don't know how else to really say it, but all these platforms were built over 20 years ago on antiquated code. I don't know how in the world they could compete with like an iPhone type technology. So um, the game has changed, the customers have changed, and we are rolling and teaching our, our customers about more about an engagement platform versus a database platform. That, but that's not to say that a, you know, we're not a CRM. It's just CRM is one of the pieces of a larger puzzle that dealerships need to focus on. So, yeah. but that's the way we're going out there and attacking it. I love that analogy. That's great. I might borrow that one. Oh, um, hey, yeah, there's a fee for that. <laughs> You know, I have to say, um, in December, um, leading up to NADA, as, as we all are, um, in December, I spent a lot of time on the road. I visited with just about every OEM um, that we're certified with today and a couple of dealers, as well as a couple of uh, other partners like yourselves. And the 
the word, the term, the company name drive centric comes up over and over and over again. So you're doing something right out there. Um, and a lot of people are rooting for you as are we. No, um, yeah, it's great. Um, but as I mentioned, we've, we've got this kind of broad set of solutions in the market, not just CRM providers. Um, and I realize you are the iPhone version, um, but you know, on, on average, our research has shown that a dealer has somewhere around 15 unique software providers that they're using in their business somewhere. Um, I think about the software that I use in my business, and I certainly have a CRM, I certainly have an right. accounting package. And we have several you know, technology um, solutions, but it doesn't add up to 15. I think about the challenge that it must be like for a dealer to try and make all of that work together. Yep. I'm just interested in your thoughts on that. If there's something that as a DMS provider, we could do differently um, to make it easier for the dealer or the types of things that maybe your dealers grind their head against on a regular basis when they think about the software that they have to integrate together. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good challenge out there. And I'll, I'll give you a, a, an example. Actually, it happened to me today. Um, sometimes, you know, they put the cart before the horse um, you know, when they're going out there and looking for products. And I think this day and age, uh, what we're trying to get our dealers to really be thinking about is, you know, your CRM, and it doesn't matter what CRM it is, is it ought to be the actual nucleus of your business. And what is happening at your business has got to be in your CRM. Hopefully that's drive-centric. But the partnership that you have to have as a dealer uh, partnership relationship with, especially with us, is we know who we are and we know what tools that you can eliminate and because of who we're not. So a lot of our stores, to your point that we convert over, they are using maybe a different video provider. They're using a different chat provider. They're using an AI tool of some kind and, you know, and, and so forth. The fact that we have these all built versus integrated, okay, that eliminates a lot of the breakage. You know, integration is typically known as a band-aid in software. It's not the end-all do-all. And I think that's what a lot of these other CRM tools are doing. Um, and the dealerships just need to be educated on the difference between building and integrating. And I think if, if I was giving you a quick analogy, Shannon, I hope you like this one. If I said, hey, Shannon, you're coming over to my house. We're gonna, I, I just built out my expansion of my house. You come over. I have all these dealers over at my house. You come over and you come in, you see my expansion and it's a double wide trailer on the back of my house. You'd be looking at me like, what'd you do? Right. And that's really a, a, like a, a very silly analogy, obviously. <laughs> but when people integrate the foundation of the code, as you know, may not match the actual foundation of what other people are building. So therefore it becomes Band-Aid. And, you know, if things break behind the scene, you know, with other companies, that's just more troubleshooting you have to do. So I try centric, like, for example, we're not a DMS. So that's why we have this great partnership. And if something happens between the pushes uh, with the DMS, obviously, you know, we know who to call, but we don't have to worry about like a video breakage because it's ours. It's built. We don't have to worry about an AI broken because it's built. So we limit, uh, limited 
a lot less, you know, more band-aids because of who we know what we're going to build towards. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, that's why it's great. Uh, we limited all the problems that could potentially happen. Right. I talked to some users within the dealership and oftentimes, you know, they're lucky enough to be in the type of role where they are just in one of those tools. It usually is at the management level, right? Where they're having to uh, log in and out of multiple tools throughout the day in order to uh, get their job done or do what their OEM has uh, required them to do or, or whatever it happens to be. And I'm, I'm looking for ways, right? I'm talking to people, I'm looking for ways to make that process easier, um, better workflows, richer data sets, um, possibly even something like a single sign-on uh, between our platform and, and our partners are, are things that we talk about here anyway, to try and continuously evolve um, that challenge within the dealership. Yeah, no, well, that's what's key, right? I mean, the less platforms, less windows. I mean, all these dealerships have umpty nine Chrome windows up all the time. Um, and that's typically because of all the different relationships they have with other vendors and they, the integration part. So yeah, we can absolutely be a huge part in um, showing dealerships on how to focus. I mean, they, they're still going to have windows up, but hopefully it went from 20 to hopefully five or something of uh, that nature. So there's still applications they got to do like, you know, for, we're not a DMS, we're not an inventory provider, we're not a credit provider. So again, we, but we minimized and more importantly, all the salespeople that are using our tool, they have more ammo or more tools at their fingertips to go out there and communicate with customers on their behalf. And then if, if everything gets pushed inside the CRM from the salespeople, that's where it all starts. I mean, Shannon, the, you know, the cliche, especially with any CRM, they say the best CRM is the one that's used. If we have a 91% usage rate on the mobile app, we're doing something right. And if they're pushing all that information over to the DMS, that's less double entry for obviously, you know, your F&I guys. So that's right. That's right. For everybody, even the service department, when that, that vehicle comes back around, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so um, you keep saying I'm not a DMS. I am. Um, I've, I've been in this industry for 30 years, always with DMS providers. Um, at the threat that I might be breathing my own exhaust, what's the piece of advice you have for a DMS provider to be able to make things easier for the dealers, make things easier for the third-party vendor partners that want to integrate to it? Well, I just always think in terms of the DMS is a, a big part and, you know, you're, the biggest things that we have to do is make it a seamless integration for the dealerships from the CRM and to the DMS, whichever CRM they're on. I mean, you want to make it seamless and you want to have a good partnership. I, I, I mean, that's what I think is key. We go out there and we look at uh, partnerships with all, you know, obviously a DMS to make sure if we, if there is an issue, we want to get a hold of you and we want to be able to correct the issue and be a problem solver with you. Um, the other thing too is, is I, I think what's always critical from our side is, again, think of us working together as a team for a solution. You know, I, anytime you integrate, there's a blame game that goes on, unfortunately. So right. you know, we have to keep the same synergies and keep the, the dealership in mind when providing a solution. 
But I think for us, the more stuff that we can push over to your side and make it seamless, that's that's what the dealerships want. They want a seamless transaction uh, from the CRM to the DMS, and you guys do a great job with it. So don't put the dealer in the middle of, a, of an issue when an issue occurs, kind of hammer it out between the two of us and, and try and get it remedied as, as fast as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, like, there's always going to be uh, what people need to know is when, when there are fixing like issues, there's something on, let's say your side that has to work and there's something on our side that has to work. And we have to communicate back behind the scenes. And a lot of times, anytime you integration, there's just a blame game. And, and, and I think it's important for people while, you know, it, it's an uncomfortable situation. Nobody ever wants to see that happen. But the idea is, is behind the scene, the dealer doesn't care. They just want to know we're working together to solve an issue. And that's the way we address it with any of our partners to fix an issue. So that's what we always look forward to. Okay, great. So you mentioned healthcare earlier. Uh, before we wrap up, I have to ask, healthcare or automotive? What's, <laughs> what's easier and what's more exciting? Well, that's that's kind of interesting. Um, I'm not saving lives in automotive, but I'd like to think <laughs> I'm saving businesses. Uh, no, it's a little bit different. It, there's differences. I mean, it was fun. Healthcare, I did everything from being a pharmaceutical rep. That's how you typically get started, all the way up to being in surgery and doing implantable devices for Medtronic. And I saw some really cool things. Uh, deep brain stimulations for Parkinson's or neuro back uh, surgery for pa uh, patients with like back pain and things of that nature. Just saw some miracles. Um, yeah. The one thing that I'll just tell you is I, I think there's a lot of good similarities, no matter what you go out there and represent. But um, I was always a patient advocate for 16 years in the medical industry. When I got in automotive, I had to transition that thought process of, okay, I'm not saving lives. How am I going to go out there and relate to this. And I became, I'm a customer at heart, you know, you know, buying cars. So I took it from the aspect of what's the customer experience like. And so um, I, instead of thinking in terms of a patient advocate, I became a customer advocate and representing our company and talking on behalf of the customer, because you study, if you study the customer's buying behavior, that's how we're helping our dealerships grow and talk much differently than, you know, like, I, look, we're not a big fan of templates, we're not a big fan of making 100 phone calls and then those 50 emails. I mean, you're doing the task through the task mode. We're trying to get our customers to just talk back to customers, which <laughs> is a huge problem in itself. And if we can do the right things to help be a better educator to our customers, then we're doing our, our dealers of service. So that's my parallel. I, I, I They all have their, I would much, I have so much more fun in automotive, but mm -hmm. I do miss seeing those miracles in the medical industry. and. Yeah. You know, you just, uh, and it touches you. I don't know how to really explain it until you see, you know, uh, what I've seen, uh, somebody Amen. going from Parkinson's like this, you know, they didn't want to leave the house because they're shaking so much to, you know, holding a glass of water and not spilling it. It's, it's just miracles. Some of the things I saw. That's amazing. Well, I'm sure we won't ever do anything quite as amazing as that, but maybe, uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe in our partnership, we can still make some miracles happen in automotive. That, hey, that's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, um, as we close up here uh, today, Steve, I just want to thank you for your time. You're joining us here in our brand new offices in South Florida. Very um, nice. And one of the themes that we've put in place here, uh, we named our conference rooms after some muscle cars and we surveyed our 
our team and came up with um, a couple of names that were most meaningful to them. So since we're both in the automotive industry, Steve, what's your favorite muscle car and why? Well, it's it's got to be the one I own. Uh, no, my I'll tell you what, my dream was to always own a Porsche. Okay, so, you know, over all my years, I had a lot of different cars, but um, I finally hit my dream literally a year ago, and I got my first uh, Porsche Macan GTS. So nice. it's a it, it's awesome. I mean, it just it is really true. Once you drive a a Porsche, it's hard to go back. Like my wife drives a Nissan. I was a Nissan guy for the longest time, but now I can't. It's hard to get in a Nissan and feel the same experience as a Porsche. So. Um, so yeah, I, I gotta tell you, I'm a Porsche guy now. Um, but yeah, the GTS and the get up and go, the power. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not going to bark at you. We did go old school here with the Mustang, the Camaro and the Charger. Right. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, those are all good cars, you know, well, again, Steve, thanks so much for your time. Best of luck to you and your team as you head into our industry event uh, later this month in Dallas, which still seems strange to say, um, but best of luck and thank you for the partnership. Yeah, absolutely. No, vice versa. You know, we appreciate your our relationship together. So let's continue to grow. Sounds good. Thank you.